Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. I know there's no regular show this week. However, I decided why not just throw you guys something a little extra. Over on our Patreon, we do a show called Puckle Chit Chat where I sit down with one of the co-hosts and I figured I'd give you guys a taste of that. So please enjoy this episode where I talk with Seth about everything from Pokemon cards to his carnivorous plants. If you enjoy it, feel free to go over to Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast and you can get more of those. We've done some with Whimsicott, Claude, and it's sure to have more, one a month, not including the uh, Patreon Hangout episodes. So yeah, I appreciate if you guys check it out. Until then though, guys, I am Trainer Thatch and happy holidays. Welcome to the first ever Puckles interview with a co-host. Yeah, that sounds like a show name. Uh, I, I am name Thatch. pending. Name pending. Uh, I mean, it might have a different name when it gets posted later this week or something. But uh, I am Thatch, as you should all know, because this is a Patreon only podcast. And thank you to all of you uh, listening to this. This is a, a show. It's going to be a little bit different. This is a Patreon exclusive show where we're going to take each of your co-hosts. And we're going to just chit and chat with them and ask them about themselves. You hear me every week, but you don't get to hear these guys every week. And we should we, we just want to know more about you because they want to intrude onto your life, as, as do oh, I. Oh, well, shucks. To be, fair, to be fair, the list of questions I have prepared, I feel like I know most of the answers for most of you. So maybe. we're going to find out. I, and maybe you can make it a really cool story and I can listen. So we're going to kick things off really nice and simple. Very generic for a Pokemon podcast, Seth. Heck um, yeah. We have Seth Bilo this week, by the way. Uh, Hello. But, <laughs> I was wondering if I you forgot, would get to that. I, we have Seth Bilo, who's I don't know when. When did you when did you become a co-host? Like when? What year was it? Uh, because I don't remember. It's all blurred together at this point. I don't yeah, remember. I think I started listening to the show in 2017 because that was back when I was Boy Scouts. That sounds and very. Reasonable. I needed something in the car, and I think my first episode listening was the Sun and TCG. Uh, tcg cast set review that's and, fun uh, then i just kind of stuck around and then uh, i think it happened at some point not too long after we ended up doing the game corner episode together i think yeah well yeah well that's how we used to test people by the <laughs> like in yeah. all honesty is that's how we, we used to like pull people from patreon or from the community and have them on one of those sideshows and that was a very good way to uh to test people for on-air personality if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah and i think it was me and Linny me and you versus bosephus and linian yeah that sounds now. very reasonable the well i i think you guys also like you and linian both got picked out specifically as well for that probably when we did it because yeah. you two were very active in the community at the time and i that i mean it's just easier to see people when they're doing that and if they're very positive while they're doing it it's just like yeah these guys could be good um, and then on top of that, like, I don't want to sound like egotistical or anything, but we use it as just like, 
like if you're active in the community and you're talking to me, it's much easier for me to know that we might mesh well right. on the show, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gives you multiple interactions to kind of figure out who this person is and stuff. So yeah, yeah exactly. Not not egotistical or anything like that. Yeah. A, you're running a program. You're running a yeah. business. <laughs> yeah. To some extent, like I, if I'm running a business, I'm not. I'm not a very good businessman, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I. And there are multiple decisions I think about every day where I'm like, I'm not doing this optimally. Very, very much so. Like, and I'm aware of it. But yes, this is supposed to be about you, not about uh, the podcast or me. But I wanted to, I do, I do want to ask you questions because, I mean, that is part of a question, but we'll, we'll talk to you about it a little bit later. Um, Heck yeah. Uh, but this is going to be very generic, very easy. Um, so you're you're roughly my age i think i think we're almost the same age we talk about this every time we meet in person and then i always yeah, forget. i think we're like a couple uh, months off each other yeah i think that's about it yeah um and so i want to know what was your entry point into pokemon why did you get there what <laughs> hooked what hooked you back then too because like i assume we're all nerds and especially about pokemon since that's why we're here what <laughs> right uh and i was just wondering what hooked you back then like back in the day yeah yeah, totally. It's not that elaborate of a story, honestly. One holiday, I suppose it was either Christmas or my birthday. My mom had gotten a bundle pack from Costco of the Game Boy Color plus accessory packs plus a Pokemon game. Oh, Didn't that's know what right. Pokemon was at the time. And that was Blue that I started with. And I remember a couple things specifically. Like, I thought that. Oh, okay, that's Blastoise on the front, so I guess I have to pick the Squirtle. <laughs> like, that's a, most appropriate. Um, that's true. I, wonder, I remember that. I wonder how many people chose Blastoise or Charizard just based on the fact that just they owned that, that version. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because, like, that's definitely how my kid brain worked, too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess this will be the lucky one this time. Very <laughs> smart. But, um, yeah, so I did... That was where I started. I can't figure out what year that was, because... I don't know when our Costco opened up. <laughs> yeah. I don't, we have to look I it up like now. If it was on the Just Game Boy look. Color. It was um, a couple years maybe or a year after it came out here. But it might have been mm-hmm. right at the time. I don't know. Oh, no. The Game Boy Color came out before Pokemon. Did it? Okay. Yes. I didn't know I, for sure. I only know this because I got my Game Boy Color before Pokemon came out. Uh, mm-hmm. And mostly because it was one of those things like all the kids are getting video games and I kind of want to join in on this because video games seem really cool. And so <laughs> yeah. I got it. I My parents ended up buying me a Game Boy Color after I bugged them about it for a very long time. Uh-huh. Um, I later found out that my dad was just like holding out on me, too, because my dad actually <laughs> has like my dad bought this like bef- when I was a kid and I was asking for a Game Boy for like the longest time before I did it. He bought a uh, Game Boy Color Donkey Kong Country dual pack combo <laughs> and he just like he's just held it it's still like perfectly wrapped and everything he's just held it uh, and i i told him i'm like you know you should just sell that right like it's probably worth a couple thousand dollars like as a bundle yeah as is so yeah he just bought that and just never told me <laughs> and he's just like holding it and i was just like so wow. weird. it's so weird he's gonna hold that till he dies and i'm gonna find it and sell it heck yeah or yeah. put it on display at that point yeah right it's a piece of video game history but yeah no the game boy color came out just before pokemon because i remember getting it okay. and then i bought pokemon a couple weeks after it came out only because of the box art because back when you were a kid you just looked at box art yeah and that's how you bought video games big monster yeah yeah but I'm, i've always kind of panicked about that internally just a teeny tiny bit because i'm like i've always i've been with pokemon since the very beginning like blah, blah, blah. yeah <laughs> like part of me worried that i haven't well it might but, be 98 99 somewhere in there right so yeah 
maybe maybe like halfway through the red blue cycle but yeah since the beginning is when i kind of got into it and i just never really ever stopped i kind of had a little bit of a like less overall time with it i guess in gen 2 a little bit i don't know you know fifth grade fourth grade was hard Um, (laughs) the big the big resurgence came in gen 3 both because i liked the game boy advance more than the color and the colors in ruby sapphire emerald and Honestly, the art styles really just grabbed me back because yeah. I have said it several times. I hate the original art for a lot of the Pokemon, that washed out watercolor. I, that almost turned me off of the entire franchise for a little bit. Man, that's but, I, I really like that art, actually. Like the old Sigamari uh, art. It, it's like it's nostalgic at this point. I think yeah. I, I think the ones I like better are probably the Gen 3, Gen 4, even like the redos. They yeah. for the remakes, that was like, one thing I remember waiting around for, like in the in Heart Gold and Soul Silver when that was coming out, mm-hmm. and we hadn't gotten new Sugimori art for the Gen Two guys that hadn't been around. I remember waiting for those official arts to come out and just being like, "Oh, so that's what it's supposed to look like." <laughs> oh, that's much more much better than the original art. Yeah, and I actually like this one now. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty nostalgic for that. Okay, so I'm going to circle back just a little bit because I yeah. have a very minor question. Uh, mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance, which one's your favorite? Uh, I only, well... Like, which, yeah, I only which had style? One. There's, like, so many of them. The My favorite, the one that I originally had is the, like, OG purple one. Yeah, the fat and, one. And Yeah, and I remember yeah. because I saved up allowance money. Yeah. And um, that's the one I had pretty much all through the cycle. Mm-hmm. Until the DS came out, which I also saved. And it was perfect timing because my advance started kind of crapping a bit. <laughs> but right at the end, like cartridge wouldn't work every single time. So I oh, no. put it in a few times to get it going. And then the DS came along and it's like, oh, thank goodness. I can. Yeah. <laughs> we're migrating to a new system. I can survive. Um, but my favorite advanced system is the Game Boy Micro. It's cute. I don't know that I would the ever buy one. The itty bitty one. Yeah. I, don't I know that love I buy that one. thing. I, I don't know, like, as in the modern age, where I still play with Game Boy Advances, yeah. I, like, I this, this is honestly what got me into video game modding to begin with, like, console modding, was mm-hmm. that I love playing on OG hardware whenever I can. That's fair, uh, yeah. Ju- just because OG hardware just, it feels better. The game the game runs the way it's supposed to uh, as yeah. well. And so, uh, I like, I don't have big hands. Like, you've met me. My hands aren't large. They're not giant. Yeah. Um, but I can't hold like the Game Boy Advance SP very comfortably because it's so tiny. And so what really got me into it, because the screen on the Game Boy Advance SP is so much better, is you can take, you can take the screen from a Game Boy Advance and, well, not anymore. Now you buy like an LG LCD screen and you slap it in the Game Boy Advance. But the original mod (laughs) was you take a screen from a Game Boy Advance SP and you slap it into a Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. And then you've okay. got the best of both worlds. Oh, that uh, makes sense. Also a headphone jack. Yeah. <laughs> I love the micro, though, because I would I would have that thing in my pocket through high school. And I believe that. Just pull that out, and it looked like a McDonald's toy. No one really took it seriously. Like, oh, he's mm-hmm. just got, like, a calculator in the back. No, I was playing Pokemon. <laughs> no, I totally believe <laughs> or that. Or Sonic <laughs> Battle or some other Game Boy Advance game. That was the other one that sucked up a lot of time was Sonic, Sonic Advent- Battle. Sonic, I know which one you're... T- is that Battle. the... Which one's Sonic Battle? Which one's Sonic Battle? It's... 
It's the one where you're playing as Emerald, the little robot that has to absorb all the Chaos Emeralds, and you slowly learn moves as you battle the other Sonic characters. Oh man, I have never played this one, actually. Oh, it's good. It's really fun. And my brother and I were both really into that one, and we would pass mm-hmm. the game back and forth to each other and you know, play on our own little saves. It was one of our favorites all the time i love that stupid game oh my gosh yeah i've never played sonic battle i the only sonic game i played on game boy advance was the one that uh would come would connect to uh sonic adventure battle 2 on gamecube oh yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. i i think i think i still have the copy somewhere but that was the only one mostly because of the chow i was really i was really into the chow garden like why else did you play that that too much I, I, I don't blame you. GameCube, though. That's I don't, part of the reason. I, I also don't blame you. Yeah. Also don't blame you on that one. Uh, well, honestly, no. I feel like the GameCube at the time was a console that everybody skipped because they're just like, oh, it's Nintendo. It's going to be meh. And then, eh. and well, also it was the PS2. That and it was less that and just more like console allocation at yeah. with my parents. It wasn't like a thing. It was just like, oh, we've got we've got the computer. We can play our putt putt games. We've got yeah respective game boy advances we can play our games there each and the three of us me and my me and my two siblings uh, all played on the ps2 and we yeah. absolutely ps2 played the crap out of spyro the dragon that. that was our game yeah ps2 like won that gen i think just hard yeah. it was mostly because it was a dvd player i think it just mm-hmm. blew it out that of the too. water that's why it just blew it out of the water back in the day when dvd players were just becoming a thing yeah when spyro yeah. reignited came out i was so, and it came out like when it when it came out i think it released on my birthday so it was like this is the sign this is for me oh my so, gosh yeah i never played a spyro game. game oh dude you should I get reignited it's fun yeah i throughout my youth i was always a nintendo kid i mm-hmm. never bought anything else so. i think they just had their 25th anniversary not not too long ago mm. that was all over twitter like, i think it was the 12th was no not 12 no yeah yeah it was it was yesterday I just think. yesterday oh my gosh yeah, that was their 25th anniversary. Oh my gosh. As of recording. <laughs> <laughs> ah, As now a, they know. Ah. Yeah, now they know our secrets. Oh man, it ruins the immersion. But yeah, Spyro the Dragon. Spyro. That's one that I did. Man, yeah, I didn't know uh, anything about, yeah, I don't know. I never played anything back then <laughs> like that. I don't know. I was, mm-hmm. I was obviously like very obsessed with Pokemon, so yeah, <laughs> didn't, I didn't play much totally. else. Uh all right, so I'm going to shift gears like a little bit. We're still talking Pokemon-ish questions. You bet. But uh, we, we already talked about like how you got to Puckle and everything else or like how when you started and everything. But I guess, mm-hmm. I guess the question is like what kept you around? Like what, what made you go from listening to a TCG cast episode about the Sun and Moon base set? Um, which actually Sun and Moon was a fun era. Never mind. Sun and Moon was it a fun It kind of was. Uh, and what made you go from uh, listening to that and then being like, well, one, I'm going to go listen to the main show. And then who's this host that sh- I'm looking for Jushiro. And then <laughs> uh, moving on and then being like, you know what? It's good enough to come to like, I get at the time we had a discord. Yeah. So we had discord by then. Yeah. I think you had just made the discord. Yeah. I think we made discord either early 2017 or late 2016. Yeah. Because um, I the, think you were pushing people at the end of episodes to go to the discord instead of. Chat yeah. Yeah. It was website. it was terrible because we used to use yeah. this horrible chat box. Like it, and I was looking for the longest time because it was before Discord came about. I was looking for a chat box that would also work on your phone because the other yeah. one would, but it was really crappy to work on your phone. And yeah. uh, thankfully, I believe Gator found it. Um, Gator or not found it, but Gator's like, "Well, we should just make a Discord." And I'm yeah. like, "What is that?" And he shows me this. I'm like, "This is literally what I've been looking for this for years." This is it. This is uh, the- <laughs> 
what I've been I looking for. I think you all were my first Discord server too. So oh, man, how many hey. Discord servers are there now? Because uh, I can, I'm looking at mine right now, and there's definitely more than one. This is the yeah. 15, 16, 17, 18, Welcome to the show, Seth counts. If he counts, thirty-one, thirty-one different servers. 30, oh my god, <laughs> I think I'm actually really close to you. Uh, yeah. Some of them are one. ones that you know I made with my with my IRL yes. friends. Where this is where we yes. talk about just pl- hopping on League of Legends together. This is where we coordinate my buddy's D and D campaign. This is where my D and D campaign lived. You know things. Like yeah, I've got like three or four of those. So I have a I folder understand. full of dead discords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have something similar. Okay, yeah, but so what what made you go to Discord? Like like what made you want to do that? I guess that's I the want question. to talk to um, that's fair. like going from just listening to like, oh, we've got this thing where you can talk to us all the time. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to people about my, that's what you do. Right? <laughs> that's true. You're so not wrong I, though. You know, ended up in the discord was just kind of active as a person there and, you know, step by step influence point by influence point. Now I'm, now I'm here. So that's kind of really, it's just kind of how it happened. And you never I, thought, you never thought you'd be here. I like talking. I am considered what? by many a pretty good talker or communicator. Yes. Um, so it was kind of a natural progression for me anyway that I ended up talking a lot. <laughs> That's how it went. No, it's like I, I completely understand. I mean, you are very good at talking, which is why you're on the show. But, oh, man. Okay. So, I mean, that, I think that's pretty much all about puckle because i don't want to like toot our own horn or anything and be like oh yeah. look how cool i we mean are. it is but, good to get the story how i got yeah 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 but uh so uh the way i know you and the way maybe people know you now um well maybe not actually because we just ended battle, oh, no. battle cast and everything uh is that you're like really big into the tcg right well not as much as thatch ruins the show by talking about uh the tcg all the time uh well uh, you, you you voice it i i just you you took a while to voice it, right? Because I absorbed all the information and and spout it out when I have the moment. You I, you get to talk about it more frequently. Than that's I do. that's true. That's true. I feel like I I feel like also it it's not very apparent if you just listen to Seth on the show, right? You, and yeah. it, like knowing you knowing you because we hang out outside the show, obviously in more ways than one, right? Um, yeah, is that I I very much know that you're very much into the Pokemon TCG. and uh which isn't a bad thing because i am too and uh especially right now like more so once the video game puts ou back on cart in a reasonable fashion i will go back to probably playing on cart a little bit but uh it's getting there like they almost made it but they so i just wanted to know like when did you actually get into the tcg how long have you been playing like locals and when did your aspiration to potentially qualify for worlds like really kick in yeah, totally. That one was um, when I had moved out of my parents' place in mid-2016 and was doing the Boy Scout job. Mm-hmm. I was starting to just kind of figure out hobbies that I could completely own that they might have been like, oh, that's a stupid hobby. Yeah. When I, w- when I was at home, their watch. And, you know, I was an adult at the time, but it still was just like, uh, what is the word? Were they like, uh, not oppressive. That's too, that's too. They're not, they're not oppressive. Aggressive of a word, but. Um, they were definitely. Rank. Yeah. They would definitely they kind of look down the hobby. On it. Yeah, they would definitely they would definitely uh not encourage it, right? Yeah. yeah. Not not encourage it and just be like, "Oh, that's that that's that silly thing that you But uh, when I got out of the house and could kind of do what I wanted to, I got back into the TCG looking into it. I had I had made a deck for myself in like 20 
2010, 2011, a really crappy um, Salamence deck because I really liked Salamence and I found List and I slowly acquired the cards for it because there was a TCG this. player back then. We we talked about this back in uh, yeah. Fort Wayne. We ta- I remember you talking to me about uh-huh. this. And then the one that got me back in 2016 was building a Scizor, Mega Scizor EX deck that was real fun. It was that. And the Scizor had an attack that was something like it does whatever, 110, 120 damage, and you discard a special or a tool from something. Something like that. It was annoying. And you'd pair it with Garbodor that turns off all abilities. And um, I just, you know, slowly built up those cards, found TCG online, started putting them there, worked my way on that. And uh, that was actually what prompted me to be kind of looking for new information because one thing about me is when I get into something, I kind of want to know a lot about it. I, I really dive deep in an interest when I hyper-focus. I absorb all the information. And, yeah, hyper-focus and hyper-focus. be like, have a, have a good repository of things about it. And that's just yeah. natural for me. Um, and so I started looking for podcasts to listen to while I was driving around, which was really often for the, my Boy Scout job at the time. I was doing a lot of driving and podcasts were perfect for that. And I listened to a couple. I didn't, I wasn't really hooked by them. And somehow the TCG cast hooked me. And, um, I think it was the same feed at that time too. So just it by probably subscribing was, to that yeah. one, I got the, I got the rest of everything. Yeah, back then we used to have them all in the same feed, and then we decided they got too cluttered. Mm-hmm. And then and we then, went back, <laughs> and then and then we regressed even further. Exactly. Uh. But yeah, so that's. <laughs> I guess that was the how like how I got into the TCG was just kind of there, and then you know discovering at the comic book shop that I saw I could buy a card from. Oh, it's just down the street. Let me zip in and get something. Oh, what are those guys doing in the back? They're playing Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, we do that every. Tuesday. All right. Well, I guess I'll come here on Tuesdays. Things things like that. And getting into the scene. Oh, there's this regional. It's where a lot of people go to play. Oh, I guess I'll go do one of those. Oh, you can get world's qualification. Oh, I guess I might as well have a goal, you know. Yeah. Step by step. That's kind of how I got there. How do you feel about those 600 points this year? I am <laughs> daunted, but number one, I... With locals being back, I'm not as daunted. Like, you don't have to get them from regionals. And, I mean, all I have to do is win one, right? And then I just have the invite? Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy. Ignore the fact that I've never made day two yet, but easy, easy, easy. Well, did you see the Um, guy who got number two at Pittsburgh, man? He was, he's only been getting, like, top 32s, top 64s, and then he got top two at Pittsburgh. mm Mm-hmm. He just, like, turned the gas on, man. That's all it takes. It just takes, it takes, like... One good break, I feel my, like. My first step is to survive to day two. That's that's step yeah. one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of just the progression there. And mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's good. I was just interested because I never heard like yeah. the full story. Totally. So, okay, so we're gonna get we're gonna get into some meat and potatoes. This is how I originally imagined oh these kinds of shows. Um, oh boy! But I feel like getting to know you on the Pokemon side is also very good. But. Uh, <laughs> I want you to pick. Okay, so we're gonna well, we're gonna limit it a little bit, but honestly, <laughs> I'll be more interested even if you list more than one thing. Uh, okay. We don't. We, we're a Pokemon podcast, so we always talk about Pokemon. But I know you as a person, and I know you have multiple interests, um, <laughs> not just Pokemon. And so I I would love for you to just like talk to me about any of your other interests 
and I would love to learn about them. I know I know there's like the carnivorous plants, but I don't know much more other than you have 72 billion of them in your house. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah I think that's probably the one I'll do. Is I, I assumed. I assumed. At least one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I assume. Go ahead. Tell me. Why, why do you have all these yeah. plants? And uh, why are you interested in having victory bells in your house? And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just let me check my note. Yeah. I, I keep an I keep a Google note of my how many you have. So do you like do you like breed them too, or like is it just uh, do you just buy no, them? I don't do that. Okay, right now I I buy them and I attempted to divide them last year, but okay. I think that combined with the really ugly cold snap that we had that I did not prepare them for mm-hmm. um, wiped out a lot of what was on this list, and I have not gone through since January because I've okay. been foolishly optimistic that they yeah. just kind of snap back and I didn't want to count them out yet until like they all go. But at the time, as of January 25th of this year, 2023, I had 93 separate plants of 53 different species. Okay. And I guess the question is why? I am really into plants. Like if you lose me in a hardware store, go to the gardening section and that's where you'll find me nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. That or the clearance, you know, one of those two. The tools are really I love, cool. I like. I tools. love shopping at Dragon Con. I uh, I walked around the vendor hall for seven and a half hours. I believe that. I am a shopper, and I was trained from very young by my mother, who is a professional shopper in a sense. <laughs> we stopped by the mall on the way home from the hospital. <laughs> I am not joking. That is no, a I believe true you. statement. I believe you. <laughs> there was a reason. I think we had to pick up my dad's suit that was being fixed because he had a work thing. But, mm. you know, without that context, that is a funny sentence. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big shopper. I like pl- I've always liked plants. And from really young, you know how they always at like Home Depot in summertime or something like that? They've always got one of those plastic little terrariums with like the man-eater bug yeah this one will solve all your bug problems and all that kind of garbage just keep it in here and keep it away from light and all this kind of stuff and blah 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 blah. i would get those kind of on an annual basis because i was like this year i'll make it live this year it'll work these are so cool did you know that venus flytraps can count things like that and you know if i can know a trivia fact about something i'm I'm going to know it. And that's something about Venus flytraps. They're one of the only plants that we know of that can straight up count. (laughs) So, um, you know, trivia facts like that and just a cool plant. I was, I have always loved them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, terrible, terrible things happen when you become an adult with adult money and no one to tell you no. I'm very aware. And so five or so carnivorous plants quickly became 93. (laughs) That is... That is basically what happened, and, um, you know, as I learned more and I got them to succeed, which was the other big thing, like, the Venus flytraps I had when I kind of had just a couple and just put them in a pot and did a lot of intense research to figure out, okay, these things are going to live this year. How do I do it? And they did. I was empowered. It's like, oh, (laughs) one down. Now let's see if I can get this pitcher plant to live alongside it. Things like that. And, you know. More and more information, more and more different species of carnivorous plant became, okay, I've got a little bog pot on my back porch that's doing great. The plants in there are all really happy. Let's uh, let's 
add a couple more pots. And so I got a couple more pots and there were, there were suddenly four bog pots on my back, back porch that were all really happy. So it's like, okay, that's the outdoor ones. That's the perennials that are native to this like area Mm -hmm. geographically and can live outside. So let's, uh, let's try my hand at some of the ones that have to live inside because I also, in addition to Venus flytraps, there was these tropical pitcher plants, the ones on the vines, the victory bells for lack of a better word. Um, that one time a plant nursery had near my house when I was growing up and I got it and I kept that sucker alive for a couple of years indoors, but it never made a pitcher when I was growing up. Oh no. And eventually it finally died out, probably because of mineral buildup in the soil had made it toxic and it finally just puked Mm. out on me. But it never made a pitcher and I could never figure out why and it bothered me. So I found one again at the at the nursery and it's like okay now experiment number two let's see if i can get this thing to live and i did it produces pitchers so okay let's make it a little harder so let's get a different variety that's a little harder to grow and there are currently these ones all did really successfully um inside my house there are like 28 separate plants a lot of them are cuttings of others Mm -hmm. but 28 separate ones Pretty much all of which are very successful unless I f- forget to water them for a little bit, which just happened. To yeah. Or, you know, just a cutting didn't take, it didn't root, that happens. You have a you have a failure rate built in when you do the whole cutting thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's, it just kind of kept evolving. And as I was successful with one, it just built on itself to the point that... Um, Right after I had started taking Adderall, I decided that, you know what, my this one area of my yard is really ugly. I'm going to I'm going to make it not ugly. You know what would be great there? A bog, a <laughs> bog full of carnivorous plants. You're the only person that would say this. I had seen a really cool picture on Reddit in the carnivorous plant subreddit of some, you know, pictures that some people had done in their yard of a built-in bog thing. They were beautiful, you know, just a a dug-in garden thing and the plants just happened to be carnivorous (laughs) and it was gorgeous and so i you know came up with designs in my head went to home depot when they had a clearance on pond supplies in winter and made my bog garden that if i do the mental math uh 35 35 40 and i would say like 10 so 40 40 80 31 20 like 140 gallons total of oh my god bog oh my wait so like you just wait you how do you buy bog like how does that work yeah that's that's a easy one i just got those big like black pond liners that you can see yeah yeah for making a koi pond um I drilled a few holes at a certain level in it so the water wouldn't dump things. It would get to a certain point and still be kind of boggy. I know what you mean. Not, yeah. yeah. Like drainage holes three quarters of the way up. It's like having it's like holes. having the hole at the bottom of the pot, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but three quarters of the way up instead of mm-hmm. and um I did that. I dug giant holes. I put those pond liners in the giant holes so the top of them were just barely above surface level and filled them with the special soil that has to be really inert for carnivorous plants because most of the time they cannot really handle a lot of nutrients or anything in the water. Their roots are mainly to hold them in place and absorb water. They can't really do anything else with them in most cases. That makes sense. Some 
right? Because some getting... species don't even have like the enzymes are necessary to pull nutrients up through their. And, well, that's because yeah. they're getting all the nutrients from the things they're eating. That's why they're carnivorous, right? Like exactly, that, they evolved that, that to become sense. carnivorous because the soil and everything is so washed out and replaced yeah. with water all the time. There's no nutrients to absorb. That shakes out. So any nutrients will, and nutrient buildup, especially minerals, things like that, will end up eventually killing them. So you have to keep the soil very segregated from whatever is around the area. That's why there's the pond liners, so Mm -hmm. they don't intermix. And no nutrient spillover will increase the toxicity of the soil for the plant. And I've checked the uh, PPM of my water with a, what is that thing called? Uh, Uh, Hydrometer. Yep. And it's in a it's it's in an acceptable range that it won't cause much mineral buildup, and I've put filters on things, so yeah, I uh, they're happy for the most part, other than that one really bad ugly cold snap that I think killed off a mm-hmm. lot of them when I was doing the re- transplanting from my little yeah. pots into the big big bog garden. Mm-hmm. Most of those rhizomes were already real gushy. So. Yeah. It wasn't me. It was the weather, but I could have done more to keep them alive. (laughs) I mean, it's so mad. It's fine. It's Uh, like part of the experience, it sounds like, though, because you're just trying to learn how to make them stay alive. Like, that's the hobby. Exactly. Yeah. My only, my saddest part is one of the pictures that I had. It was from one vendor specifically. It was Saracenia Northwest was Mm -hmm. who I got this one from. It was Saracenia Rubra Rubra. That was the name. It... They advertised on their website that this one is crazy for yellow jackets. Oh. Like we, look, we look down the pictures of these ones, and there's yellow jackets in all of them. And gosh darn if they weren't right. Those suckers were incredibly successful. They had a huge rhizome when I uh, went to transplant it. Mm-hmm. And every one of those pictures had four or five yellow jackets in it when I cut them down end of the season when they yeah. it goes dormant. It was insane. And they were probably a hundred little, they were smallish, like maybe six to eight inches long. Mm-hmm. Um, but every one of them had three or four yellow jackets in there. Oh my gosh. That sounds so insane. Pleasant. Yeah. It was crazy. I love it. It was so fun. And I got yeah. these Venus flytraps from Disney World. I have no idea what variety they are, if they even have a variety. So I nicknamed them Pandoran Magic because I got them from the Pandora area of Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> and they just were so successful. They were huge. And they just kept kept going. And yeah, they didn't, they didn't survive that really ugly cold spell where it went from like mid-40s down to teens overnight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that done did them in. Yeah, I believe that. But yeah, that's uh the carnivorous plant thing, and like they're real successful. I I know some people ask me all the time in chat like how they doing. Well, who was it that we had on the show? Was it Mark who was real curious? Yes, yeah, Mark was. On Mark was absolutely. And I sent him a bunch of pictures in our like coordinating the show chat of yes. like here's what it looks like right now. <laughs> it's going crazy. I'm going to a sale on Saturday this week actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Someone it, is selling a lot of carnivorous plants this weekend, and I'm really hyped to go to it. Yeah, <laughs> replace some of my poor guys. Poor guys. Yeah, I. That's interesting. I I know I've heard most of this before, but <laughs> yeah, uh, not all at once. I guess uh, it's just because we talk so often. Uh huh. And I, you but, know, you put you put it all together over. You know, you yeah, hear this tri- tidbit here, exactly. this tidbit there. Well, that's how friendships work, right? So exactly. Uh, <laughs> Usually don't like it was partially it was partially this love of carnivorous plants that got me into Yu-Gi-Oh! 
Yeah, I know about this. Continue, though. Yeah. Uh. And Sh- Shamu had been trying to get me into it for a while, and I was talking about my carnivorous plant collection one day, and he's like, you know, there's a whole thing called preta plants, and they're actually kind of good right now. I was like, sign me up. Get, what do you? What do I need to do? What are these things? And now my two decks mainly are trap tricks and... Uh, Preta plants, <laughs> which are two different types of carnivorous plants. I'm the only one on these on these like YouTube Yu-Gi-Oh videos where they're going over the decks. People yeah. have all sorts of weird ways to pronounce some of these things, and I'm sitting there like, that's not how you pronounce it. It's the species name. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's one Australian pitcher plant that's species, you know, genus species name is Cephalotus follicularis. Yes. And... There's a there's a frog Yu-Gi-Oh card that is that Australian pitcher plant, and its name is Bufalicula, <laughs> and it like Preta plant Bufalicula, which is Bufo the spe- the like genus or something name for frogs, and Licula, which is Follicula, the Cephalotus, the Australian Silly. pitcher plant, or like the one of the newer ones from the Trap Trick Structure Deck, the uh, Butterwort line of plants the ones that are basically flypaper they're mainly from like mexico Mm -hmm. um those are called pinguicula and the trap tricks one is trap tricks pinguicula the amount of different pronunciations i've seen for pinguicula is insane pingu ping i can't even i can't even begin to mispronounce them because my brain corrects it before I can remember how they even did it. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what got me into Yu-Gi-Oh, which, you know... I believe that. Eventually got me into just other card games than Pokemon, which led to the whole magic thing. But that was also the... This is, uh, this is all the been other with, things that... This has all been interest. within like a year, because I know when this started. Yeah. I know yep, exactly yep. when this all started, so I, this is all within a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, adult money's scary. That's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You tell me about That's it. That's how man. it goes. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. I I spend so much money. Well, I have like a lot of smaller hobbies, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. Yeah. The other thing that I guess I can mention, other than carnivorous plants that I'm big into, that I think you know, yeah. um, is the Lord of the Rings obsession. Yes, I'm very aware of this. Why is this? Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm very aware of this. Lord and... said Milo with your piece of land. Well, that and also just being able yes, to. Yes, I like... know. I know. You can like, like, yes, continue. Sorry, I don't mean to cut I, you off. You're fine. You're fine. Don't worry. Um, like the, I, I really like Lord of the Rings. Kind of always have. My mom and I have a little bit of a ongoing argument of whose series of books are better. Was it C.S. Lewis or Tolkien? Tolkien. I'm. I am obviously correct that it's Tolkien. I don't. I don't Lord even. Of the Rings know. doesn't just have Santa in it. Like I don't know that you're obviously correct. I feel. Or, or, no. I mean. Yeah, you. I don't even. This is an argument that people have, or is it just like my, you and your mom? My mom like C.S. Lewis and Narnia. I so. I can understand that to some extent, but like I think Tolkien is definitely better high fantasy than Narnia. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's just an opinion though. But I always I yeah. always like Tolkien. Um, I knew enough about it, and then I got really into it when I kind of had the ability to 
comprehend a lot of the bigger story that he wrote alongside mm-hmm. just like these are two hobbits and they take a ring to a mountain like <laughs> this is god he made every this is he made these people and they sang the world into existence and this one guy who's kind of a little jerk sang off key on purpose just to sow evil in the world his name was melkor he's sauron's boss like yeah <laughs> that yeah, kind wh- of level yeah, I mean that's a lot of fantasy stuff nowadays too. I mean because Tolkien yeah. laid the Tolkien definitely laid the groundwork for that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, I know you're into it too, but the uh, like the Stormlight Archive does that. Yeah, I, I mean, just the yeah, Cosmere in general, just the Cosmere in general does that. Yeah, it does. Somewhere, Linian's ears perked up. Just, huh. Yeah, I know. Stormlight. I know. well, he didn't realize <laughs> I was reading it, and I told him the I told him a couple months ago that I was reading it. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, we need to talk. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk. Like, I can read the books and I know what's going Please on. Please no. <laughs> but I, I do understand what's happening. Uh, yeah, that's another big one that I like. But yeah, I can, uh, one of the funniest things that I like to have is um, I can write in Tengwar. Yep. The uh, I knew this. Elvish from Lord of the Rings stuff. I did know this and about you. Two of my favorite things about that. Well, outside, it's just fun to do. It How's your script really writing? So your script writing for that is very good? Is it? It's, I, I, it's flowy enough that I can make it look pretty dang good, even okay. if I'm not satisfied with where I put my vowels every so, time. But. So can you, so can, so with that language, so I, I'm not entirely familiar with how that language works. Uh-huh. So I'm going to be a little, I'm going to be a little, uh. Um, do you, do you transliterate or would you, you don't have to transliterate because I guess it's its own language, right? So it's got its own words. So I guess you wouldn't transliterate. Not exactly. But, um, not exactly. I am using the Tengwar alphabet to uh, write okay. English words. So you are transliterating. You're not, you're not translating. Yes. You're transliterating. Okay. Understood. Yes. Understood. Yeah. Okay. I used to it be able is to do still that. English and there are rules to the language yes. for writing it in English mode. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like the ring inscription. If you try to read the ring inscription like you would read English mode, it's not the yeah. same. Yeah, because it's an elfish. Or if you try to read other things like some of the cards from the Lord of the Rings magic set, mm-hmm. they paid attention and some of those are written in Quenya mode and some of those are written in Sindar mode, mm-hmm. which is appropriate depending on the card. And when I was trying to read the elvish on some of them, I got really confused because I was reading it in the wrong mode. And... I got my letters backwards. Yeah. The way, the way magic. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I I was just going to say pretty much all it is, is like, instead of reading it in a straight line, you kind of read it in an up down zigzag where Mm -hmm. the little marks above uh, the marks on the upper half are the vowels and the marks on the lower half are the consonants for the most part. Yeah. I, magic's been doing that a lot where they've been taking properties and turning them into cards. Yeah, uh, they did such a good job with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, people keep trying to get me into magic, and I told them all ha- all Hasbro has to do, or I guess Wizards of the Coast, is give me a Power Ranger set, and I'll be there. The deck uh-huh. doesn't the deck doesn't even have to be good, man. I mean, that's kind of how I am with the Lord of the Rings one, except mine's actually kind of good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will be good because Wizards of the Coast seems to just want to be make every set good when it comes out, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of the opposite of Pokemon, which is fine. Honestly, I I prefer it the way I, I no I honestly prefer the way Pokemon does it. To be fair, yeah, uh, because I don't want to feel like I have to buy every set. Like with Obsidian right. Flames, I was like I could probably skip this one and not I have need to four really cards. buy cards. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that much from this deck or from this set, and uh, so I, I prefer it that way. But yeah, I would get hooked into Magic if they if they make the Power Ranger set, which I think is uh, <laughs> honestly inevitable. 
Um, if Maybe. magic doesn't, if magic doesn't die, I think it's inevitable. They did transformers. I, yeah. I feel, I feel like it's just inevitable. And they did announce a ton of, uh, crossover things like that for the next like, yeah. two years that are coming out. Yeah. Like I know next month, the doctor who one comes out and some of mm-hmm. those cards are really good flavor wise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time. I feel like, uh, yeah. we'll see. You've got till 2025 unless they sneak in a surprise set of Power Rangers in there somewhere because well, that's about as far out as they announced it. Well, that's about when we I would expect uh, the reboot for Power <laughs> Rangers to happen. So uh, there you go. So it Publicity. might be it might be at the same time. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But one of my favorite things about being able to like write in Elvish, my reading is really slow with it. Yeah. But one of the things that was kind of fun to do walking around the Dragon Con vendors for hours was seeing the spots where there was just something like this product has elvish written on it <laughs> and reading it and it's just it's nothing. the Chi- it's the chinese tattoo it's the yeah it's his chicken soup or something like that yeah there was there's some there was one shop in in one spot that had like a whole bunch of wood stuff mm-hmm. and i don't know if they didn't realize it but it it was the ring inscription except it was backwards <laughs> Oh my so, gosh. If you didn't know, you don't know, but I see it and it immediately sticks out. That's flipped. Like you turned the thing wrong on the overhead projector. It's it's just mirrored that way. Yeah. It was I know backwards. What you mean. That's probably how they did it too. They probably flipped it accidentally when they did the inscription yeah. somehow. Uh yeah. So like I uh I see things like this happen. Like um Warboard Gaming used to do mm-hmm. uh around Valentine's Day, they would do these vaults, uh dice vaults for D and and they would always inscribe it in Elvish and they would always make a big deal about how they're getting it like professionally translated by this person into oh, Tolkien oh. Elvish and everything. And all I would think about every time they would promote it, I'd be like, you didn't even have to get this person because Just I get me. would, I would not know any different if you I would, <laughs> you would, you I would. would, and I would not buy it because it's, I have done that with some things like, Oh yeah, this is this, that is not, uh, that isn't phrased. I yeah. would not buy from anything else either. Not only yeah. this, but anything else, because you're trying to hoodwink. It was it was a really cool promotion. It was a, well, not a promotion. Yeah. It was a Kickstarter because like you could just request any text you wanted, and they would translate it to Elvish. Nice. Okay. And then and then they would put it on the vault. I've helped some of my friends with tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Is this probably... right? Yeah, that's right. No, you need to move this. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. I've also got just some statements written on my whiteboard at my desk at work. <laughs> And it's always fun when people are, when I'm in processing someone into, into our program and everything, you know, I've got a couple things I've got to do on the computer. They're kind of finishing up their paperwork. They glance around my office, kind of pass time. They see the whiteboard. I see them see the whiteboard. I see them try to figure out what language that is. Sometimes they ask, is that Arabic? (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty close. It is pretty close, actually, the script, but in my two years in that, particular office room with that little gimmick going one person has been like is that elvish out of how many what is it uh probably probably a couple hundred okay so one (laughs) one percent (laughs) oh that's funny and then if they ask like i'll i'll tell them what it all says it's just like show and in book quotes like i think one of them is uh that one from futurama where it's like um, if you do things right people won't be sure you've done anything at all yes i like that quote uh, there's one from Subnautica, which is one of the things that the PDA tells you when you first make your habitat. And it is a good reminder for me to keep work-life balance. It's treat this as your home, but never forget that it is not. 
Yeah, I I like that actually. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's one of my favorite random quotes, and it's meant to be tongue in cheek on Subnautica, but gosh dang it, is it a good one for work life balance? It definitely is. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. I mean I do that already, but that's uh that's very good. Well, I think I think this has been long. I don't know. Uh <laughs> I don't know. It's you and me, so it feels yeah. like it's been five minutes, but also an hour. Like this happens all. This that? does happen a lot, actually. Yeah, this, this is just how it goes. Like the the drive to and from Indi- or not Indianapolis, uh, Fort Wayne is was Fort not Wayne, bad at all. Yeah. That was not bad at all. No. Uh, how long was that? Like that's like it was a couple hours, right? Yeah, to my from to my house from there, it's probably like two two and a half hours. Like probably yeah. it's somewhere in between there. Um, and it's not a bad drive, honestly. Like yeah, uh, it's not a bad. You just drive. get on one road and then you get off when you're there. Yeah, it's like two roads and you're there for the Kinda most part. Kind of like my drive to your house, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really weird when I think about it. Like, we're really not that far away. I think it's like, what, eight hours? A little less, I think. Yeah, uh, about between that. Us. Yeah, I think yeah. I clocked it at eight with no yeah. stops. Yeah, it's very close to that, which is actually kind of just, weird to think about. I just think it's really funny that we we talk about the same highway. I know. That's what's funny to me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very, very weird. But yeah, I don't How's know. How's your end of that one? Oh, it's real clogged. Oh, funny. It is down here too. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. I try not to take it when I can. I think I've almost died. <laughs> I think I've almost died in Dayton, Ohio on 75 more times than I've ever almost died in Columbus, Ohio. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I've almost been forced off that road so many times. Um, mostly in the think- downtown section. The downtown section is really awful. In my opinion, because it's been under construction. Uh-huh. I remember when I was uh, forever. Well, so like I, I, so I went to the University of Dayton for undergrad. So like I've been in Dayton for a while. Well, in and out of Dayton. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I moved, quote unquote. I, I, don't, I hate saying moved for college because it's, it's kind of true, but like not. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, col- college is just living away from home with training wheels. And, yeah, for, and, for most, yeah, yeah. And when you go to like something like this, right, it's just like living from home with training wheels when you live on campus and totally. So like I moved on campus and, uh, that way I, th- I went to visit the university in 2009, like early 2009. And there was just like a bunch of construction right at downtown Dayton, uh, for 75. And that, mm-hmm. co- that corridor of 75, I kid you not, has been under construction for like the past 13 or 14 years <laughs> at this point. It's been, it's been really bad. Uh, yep. Same down here, but it's then again, really I'm in Atlanta, and our joke is that Atlanta is an hour away from us. So uh, that's, that's how it that's, goes. For a lot of those cities, it's very true. Like, yeah. Uh, for a lot of those cities, like, yeah, it's very weird to think about city size because, like, even if you think about population size, I don't know where Atlanta ranks in terms of population size in the U.S. But uh, I'm gonna look either. this up. I'm gonna look this up actually. Uh, Heck yeah. Uh, because uh, well, I want I want a list of cities by population. <laughs> um well because i the reason i uh i bring this up is because in uh, like columbus ohio is apparently like the 15th largest city in the u.s wow okay. um and i lived there for a very long time for five years um i should i guess i should say very long time but half a decade and once you moved out uh, it became the 16th yeah exactly um but it's uh it's actually i mean i like columbus and i bl- firmly believe that you can get anywhere in columbus within 20 minutes as long as you're in Columbus, oh uh, which is I which envy is, you, which is very weird to think about. Uh, yeah, um, it's very very weird to think about. So I'm, I want to look. Atlanta this up. is gigantic, and every street is named Peachtree something. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to know what like. I just want to know what like Atlanta's name or like uh, population. Atlanta. Is. 
Uh, well, yeah, what, it's, what number it ranks at. So Columbus is still 14th uh, as of 2020, based on whatever they're okay. calling it, I should say. Um, and let me let me look up Atlanta. Atlanta Atlanta ranks 38th for some reason. And oh. so that's, that's the kind of thing, because I'm like, Columbus was very easy to get around. And yeah. At, and Atlanta is not the only city that would have ranked underneath Columbus that I've heard is hard to get around. And it's probably because there's some metric that they use that isn't exactly like because I try to use the metros when I can. Um, mm. And I think, honestly, it's just that the Atlanta metro is just so much bigger. Right. You probably have a bunch of smaller cities that got absorbed into suburbs. Probably. Uh, yeah. And Anything that's probably what happened. 285 has probably just become it. Yeah. De facto. And like Columbus, what happened is everybody like spread out from the inside. Yeah. If that makes sense. So we've it, got kind of a line of demarcation around the city that tells us where Atlanta is allowed to be and not yeah. allowed to be. Yeah. That's what I imagine happened uh, for for that. So it's probably like not everything's technically Atlanta, but you're in Atlanta effectively. But it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same the same thing happens with like Chicago. Right. Yeah. Because like Chicago, uh, a lot of people have like it's an hour to get into Chicago for a lot of people um, that <laughs> yep. live in Chicago, quote unquote. And that's just because it's so spread out and not everybody lives like ex- pretty exactly in Chicago. My my favorite um, suburb of Chicago that it's a city that's not in Chicago, um, but is like in the Chicago metro. Right. Mm-hmm. That, conf- that confuses everybody is called West Chicago. There's just huh. a there's an entirely different city or town called West Chicago, <laughs> and just it, for peak confusion. I yeah, love for it. and it is a forty minute train ride to downtown from West wow. Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how that's how big Chicago is. So it's probably something similar, I imagine, in Atlanta, because it, like yeah. Columbus is ranking above places like Seattle and stuff like this on this list. Which I mm-hmm. which I find shocking because like I've been to both cities and spent a very much a lot a lot of time in both cities and Seattle is definitely bigger than Columbus <laughs> like I like it's definitely bigger like there's no way that you could be like yeah Columbus is smaller but that's because like when you think Seattle you're also thinking of like Bellevue and Kirkland which technically aren't Seattle exactly yeah um, it's that whole thing. And, and it's because it, that's what happens with like Atlanta and stuff like that I kind of wish they would put that in I guess instead of just saying largest city of population with population yeah because oh, I, I think it, I think it should be instead of population number of people that depend on this place to exist uh, yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> all I care about is is that Atlanta was able to absorb me and 80,000 of my closest friends last weekend for Dragon Con so that's good yeah dude that place okay that, enough Dragon Con's huge yeah I think it's the biggest on the east coast as far as like yeah. nerd cons go man maybe I should go one day uh Adam Savage was there this year. He hadn't been back in 10 years. And it was mm-hmm. real interesting for them to go through, you know, with the uh, writer-actor strike going on. Oh, yeah. Um, that made it interesting on panels. Uh, I didn't Because they can't talk about anything. Reason. They can't talk exactly. about anything. Depending on where they, who they are, they can't talk about certain projects. Yeah. And so, you know, Adam Savage would be there and he'd be like, yo, yeah, when I help do things for the movie that has episode numbers with a boy who grows up to be magic <laughs> drove a drove a car dark side like side you know things like that when i did that and they, they ended up calling it sag libs <laughs> instead of mad libs it was great i love it yeah that but makes sense it was it was a lot of fun yeah that checks out other than the gift that it gave me but <laughs> yeah, yes know. the gift the gift covid 2.0 yeah, baby baby 
man. I uh, you know you, what that, you on getting the bright COVID? side though. I, on the bright side, I I I had not really fully decided on what deck I was going to play at Pittsburgh, <laughs> so it kind of worked out. For the record, neither did I. Uh, I <laughs> I just like I I just pulled the gun because I was like I don't want to play mirrors, and yeah. so like I'm just going to play this Palkia deck that Seth sent me. And I played a mm-hmm. bit with it, and I'm like, I understand how it works for the most part. I definitely could. There were definitely places where I could have played better. Like I, I definitely had round one, yeah. uh, but I made a misplay because I haven't been playing a lot. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just got tired of just playing Gardevoir's decks. Honestly, I played two of them, yeah. and I was just like, I'm just done. Uh, because the same thing happened where the guy like went like ties aren't good for anybody. And I was just like, man, is this just like what's going right, to happen? So play faster. I'm like, this is all. This is what's going to happen every week. And I, I wanted to be like, yeah, that's your fault for playing Gardevoir. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't when know. Your what turn you, takes ten minutes. Like, it, it's bro. your fault. It's your fault for playing Gardevoir. I, like, I, I, in retrospect, I should have because like the second Gardevoir was taking so long. When it was like <laughs> ties don't help anybody. You right? Um, yeah. It was taking so long that I should have just like I, I started playing faster game two to try to be nice so we could finish game two. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was just trying to definitively close it out, but I ended up losing game two. Game one was really good. I told you about it. I like, yeah. Um, I I, I had I like game game one. I had full control because game one, like you can, I, I feel bad too, like playing him because he obviously hadn't played enough because so many people play against that Palkia deck and like the Gardevoir players I played, both of them that I played game one did not respect the Greninja. Yep. They just yep. did not respect it, and they didn't put the Manaphy on the bench, even though they had pop, it in pop. the deck. They had it in the deck, and so... Lost City, pop, pop. Two Lost guard, City... Not two guards. Two yeah, Curly, you're gone. Two, two Ralts were just immediately, like, turn two, I pulled off the, I pulled off the Lost City mm-hmm. Gren. Immediately, Beautiful. two Ralts were just in the Lost Zone. And then I not, ended up knocking out um, a guard, like a baby Gardevoir he got set up into the Lost Zone. So all he had Beautiful. was... All he had was big boy Gardevoir. And he tried to set up the Zacian to get the Zacian going, but it was he didn't have enough energy in the discard because I had just yep. started doing stuff so fast. He just left it on the bench. I bossed it up and he scooped. Like, yep, uh, absolutely. And, and I was just like, yeah, this is. Uh, he's just like, yeah, I don't. I, I'm like, I but game two, I should if I would have played normal speed, we wouldn't have finished. Yeah, exactly. And I just think to myself, like, I just think to myself, I'm like, after watching a lot of streams too that weekend because I hadn't been paying attention to like worlds or any IC when Gardevoir was active in the meta mm-hmm. i didn't realize how many games weren't how many rounds weren't completing all three games yeah. right um and after watching the streams i noticed how many just weren't and how many like were even like it wasn't abnormal to just only finish one yep uh Absolutely. and and i was just like i should have just played my normal pace and just won the one game and just called it a day and made mm-hmm. made him game two just play faster if he wanted to finish yeah and I just think about the, I think about this all the time. Like my, I'm just too nice. And I was being courteous. Okay. I was trying to be courteous. It's weird. I, I'm I a feel- little bit proud of myself because when I had kind of gotten through all the tasks, got my packing done, and was going to sit down and do a couple test rounds. Yeah. Uh, the deck that I was testing for a couple before I really started to kind of feel the symptoms stacking and was like, I I know this. I need to go take a test and yeah. confirm that this is what I think it is. Um, was basically, you know, five or so cards off the one that ended up winning, the Lost Zone Kyogre list. Yeah. I was about to switch to that because it was just 
so much more fun, so much easier. Yeah. And had I gone to a tournament and performed well with a Kyogre that my brother kicked my butt with one time <laughs> and never let me go, he would been. I told him afterwards, like, hey, did you hear that a Kyogre deck won Pittsburgh? And he's like, of course it did. It's the most powerful Pokemon card that's ever been printed. So. <laughs> the Kyogre didn't even do anything in the finals match, to be fair. It's a threat, though. I love it. I I want to play it now. It didn't do anything in the finals. I might play that for Peoria. (laughs) Uh, It might work. It might work for Peoria. Yeah. Uh, I'm testing Lost Zone Gudra, too. (laughs) No, no, no. I I have legit, like, I I have no tournaments upcoming. I'm going to turn into a local player. Um, (laughs) But I think I might just start taking Lost Lost Gudra to, uh, to locals. I think it's uh, a lot better than when we did something with it because we have the option for Zamazenta. Yeah, I, yeah, I, we we technically had the option for Zamazenta back then too. To be fair, did we? Yeah, Zamazenta was legal in Fort Wayne. Oh well, never. Uh, what because do I know? because I totally played one. Oh, uh, in okay. a Lost Box matchup, um, I I won a lot of Lost Box Whoops. matchups uh, that day because that was like that was I don't know it like that regional I can equate to like the regional I went to in. Uh, What's it called? Um, uh, in 2018, when I was playing VGC, oh, where like yeah, yeah, where yeah. like everything clicked, all the pieces clicked at the same time. It all just and, oh. and I and I was like the best version of myself. <laughs> um, and, and we've been chasing that ever since. Uh, yeah, and because like as much as like the day after, I was like, I want nothing to do with Gudra. Um, <laughs> I want nothing to do with Gudra uh, because after nine rounds, your brain is just mush, and you don't want to do it yeah. anymore. And I mean, I, I, I chalk up a lot of the not success of that weekend to one, me being too nice in round the final round and giving the win to the other guy <laughs> because I would have had points if I wouldn't have. Um, yeah. and then also just like the luck of the tournament matchups. That like, is a big factor. Like I hit a lot of arc Duraldons. Yeah. Uh, like I hit, hard. I hit three and that's not, it's not that it's a, it's an unwinnable matchup for that deck. It's just that you're playing the same game. And your entire uh, gimmick of playing Gudra goes out the window. Yeah. I mean, you're playing the same game as the Duraldon deck, essentially. Yeah. And so you're both just deck, big fat decks that are stalling things out. And yeah. when you do it to each other, it's literally just like who who smacks first. Mm-hmm. And that's really what that matchup comes down to. Uh, I think the Duraldon deck has a slight advantage only because it has, uh, it has the option to force an eight prize game. Yeah. Um, and the Gudra deck has not that option at all uh but i think gudra is better against other decks than Duraldon is but yeah exactly but yeah uh, we'll see yeah, that's uh, a lot we'll to see. test and 151 comes out so well this way this, this interview just turned into us making a podcast about ourselves this is oh well this is what this turns i mean bonus bonus tcg episode for the people back home i guess Woo! uh or for the patrons i guess yeah Exactly. Um, I came. I came up with the name for the show, by the way, while we've been talking. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. uh, oh, this is Puckles Chit Chat. Puckles Chit Chat. Uh, I, I like it. I like it. I think it'll work. I think we'll do it. I think that'll work. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Puckles Chit Chat episode one. We got that in the books now. Uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to just talk to me for an hour tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you know what? I appreciate doing it. I 
I know. I was just know. like, this is also just to force you guys to come talk to me more often too. So yeah, uh, and, you know, I love talking to you. I love talking to the the patrons. I love kind of just yeah, being exactly. able to explain me as a person without necessarily the context of Pokemon. Like yeah, other this has things. no rules. This it's has fun. no rules. The show has no rules. It's literally just like it's our friendship yeah. on display. If that makes sense. So <laughs> you saw me at a coffee shop and you sat down and what's yeah. going on with you? Oh well, hey buddy, hey buddy. Yeah, exactly. So I I hope to do more of these and I. I'm looking forward to do it with the with other people, but uh, obviously, I feel like we should just do this more often. Like, yeah, <laughs> at least get everybody on. Even when we're all de- when we're done with everybody else, we just get together and chit chat about whatever's make going it cyclical. on. Cyclical. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'm not against it though. See you in eight months or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. See, see you whenever we get through. We run out of people. Yeah, so, <laughs> I love right. it. That's great. All right. Well, uh, everybody at Patreon, Patreon land, uh, this has been your first episode of uh, Puckles Chit Chat. Puckles Chit Chat. Puckles Chit Chat. We should get. We should. I want to get like the uh, like the old radio style. Uh, where you just get like you know three I used to three have that wi- voice filter three three women in harmony just going Puckles Chit Chat <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh googling fiverr yeah uh, timey singer. it's totally happening uh I'm give gonna, me a barbershop quartet stat we puckles chit chat can you write puckles, a song chit-chat, puckles chit chat puckles chit chat that's, that's what we need honestly chit-chat. Uh, wow we just made a podcast so there it is uh that is it for puckles chit chat though guys i'm gonna end the show before seth and i just keep going on and on about something else <laughs> uh how long can we vamp <laughs> we could do this for two three hours honestly but uh <laughs> We're going to end it here, and uh, we're going to call that the first episode of Puckles Chit Chat. Um, I've been Thatch interviewing uh, Seth Vilo over there in the corner. And Woo! <laughs> uh, here at Puckle Chit Chat Land, I guess it's closing time. We need a different outro, but it's closing time. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.